Good morning. And a special word of welcome to any of you who might be listening on this morning uh, through our audio cast or podcast or video cast, whatever the world those things are called. Uh, I want to I jump in right away this morning. And I want to turn to Isaiah chapter 55. And uh, there's verses are in your bulletin. This morning we'll put them up on the screen, or if you've brought a Bible with you, please turn to Isaiah 55. We're just going to be looking at a few of the verses out of this, this amazing chapter, verses 1 through 3, and then verses 6, 7, and 8. Come, all who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you might live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. There's a story told about a rich man who was vacationing by the sea and he came upon a fisherman who was relaxing on the beach next to his boat. And the rich man said, why aren't you out there fishing? The fisherman replied, because I've caught enough fish for today. So why don't you go out and catch some more, rich man said. The fisherman thought for a minute and he said, what would I do with them? Well, you could sell them, make some more money, you could buy more nets, catch some more fish, make more money, buy more boats, you could get rich like me. Well, the fisherman thought about that for a minute and then he said, well, what would I do then? The rich man said, well, you could sit down, relax, and enjoy life. The fisherman said, what do you think I'm doing now? And you can't help but envy a guy like that. He seems so content. And isn't contentment one of those hard things to catch hold of? Like, like something like we're chasing after? rather than living with? Once I have this, or once I have that, or, or this happens, or I reach this age, then I'll find contentment. And that plan just hasn't worked out so well for me. I thought contentment had to do with being grown up. I'm still waiting for that to happen. I thought it had to do with, with getting married, starting a family, raising a family. 
And as good as that is, it just brings a lot of challenges and concerns to life. More money? No. More stuff? No. More square footage? No. More influence and responsibilities? For heaven's sake, no. Have you ever run down these paths, these roads? They never end. You only end up becoming more aware of of other wants and other desires rather than feeling content just right here where you are. Maybe contentment has less to do with what I do and what I possess and more to do with who I am. Someone asked me a great question last week. This person was curious about the Christian faith. They were wondering about what it is that Christians do that made them different from people who aren't Christians. We had had a great conversation. I appreciate it. And, And I've thought about it several times since then. What is it that Christians do that make them different? Well, there are things that I do. Uh, things like praying, reading the Bible, coming to worship on Sunday mornings. But why do I do those things? The things I do are influenced by who I am. I am a Christian, a follower of Jesus, because of who I am. Not just because of what I do. Or what I have. And I think this is what Isaiah 55 can help us with this morning. Are you chasing after something? Are you filling your life with with the pursuit of your own needs, your own wants? Or are you willing instead to consider God's good plan for your life? So let's go right to verse 1. God says, come. Now, He doesn't say it just once or twice. but says it five times. This must be a big deal here. Something that we uh, we don't want to miss. He says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk. Come to me. Sounds like an invitation, doesn't it? Come. But who is this invitation for? And what is it that's actually being offered here? So first, who is this invitation for? Come. Everyone who thirsts. I believe that there are two types of people here this morning. There are people here who are thirsty and they know they're thirsty. Maybe you're here this morning And you're at your rope's end. You don't have anywhere else to turn. You're broken. You're stuck. Maybe despair and hopelessness are strangling you. The first type of person here is one who is thirsty and knows it. The other person is thirsty and doesn't know it. You have other places that you turn to. You're running to other things to to find contentment. 
You're chasing after that new thing or that new accomplishment or that new relationship. And in the end, they won't bring you contentment. Every time you turn to another thing, you will come back empty. You will come back thirsty. But because you have a lot of resources, you may not realize that you're thirsty. Either you're thirsty and you know it, or you're thirsty and you don't know it. But believe me, we are all thirsty. God says, come, all who are thirsty. This invitation is for desperate people, thirsty people, people who crave something, people who are in dire need. It's for the man who just lost his job and he isn't sure how he's going to support his family. God says, come, buy without money and without price. It's for the person who's carrying the shame of an eating disorder. God says, come, delight yourself in the richest affair. It's for the person who's running to images on the internet to fill their heart's desire. God says, why do you labor for that which cannot satisfy? It's for the married man or the married woman who's looking for their identity and their spouse. God is your joy. God is your hope. It's for the person who's trying to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right or that right job or that right investment. Only God can satisfy. Contentment is not found in any of those things. Contentment is found only at the table of the king. So who is this invitation for? It's for everyone who is thirsty. Everyone who is desperate. It's for us. But what's being offered here? Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk. There's three different types of refreshment mentioned. Water, wine, and milk. Very different ways to quench your thirst. And they're all here for a purpose. So let's look at first at water. What does water do? It satisfies our thirst. We all know what it's like to be thirsty. Spend time in the sun. You exercise. You exert yourself physically. What do you do? You don't go chug a big glass of milk. That's disgusting. You run to the waters to quench your thirst. I stopped at the hospital the other day to visit someone who had uh, been very sick for several days and was severely dehydrated. And um, so they admitted him and, and, and they hooked him up right away to IVs. Why? He needed that fluid. He needed that water desperately to survive, for his body to live. In John 4, Jesus is at a well. He's waiting for his, his disciples, his friends. And, and then he strikes up this conversation with the Samaritan woman. He asks her for a drink. And then he says to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
And what does she say? She says, I want that water. The water being offered to us here by God is not just some faucet tap water. It's it's the best tasting, purest water we could ever possibly drink. And it never runs out. What God is inviting us to receive is, is available in abundance. If we drink of the living water that God provides, which is Jesus Himself, we will find contentment. Okay, then there's milk. We'll give milk to babies. You don't give babies water. And you certainly don't give them wine. Why? Because milk, milk has all the ingredients, all the nutrients to nourish their bodies, to help them grow strong. So in the same sense, spiritual milk strengthens our souls, helps us to grow spiritually. Milk is essential for healthy growth. And throughout the Bible, it's actually a metaphor for the Word of God. As we feed our minds and our hearts on the Word of God, God teaches us. We learn more about who God is. We, we are shown how to live. We find hope. We are given direction. We find the, the source of true, everlasting contentment. God's Son, Jesus. And we grow stronger in our faith. Spiritual milk, God's Word, strengthens our weak, weary, and desperate souls. And then there's wine. Wine is different from water and milk because it's not a necessity for life. You don't need wine to strengthen your muscles. And contrary to what some people may think, you don't need wine to satisfy your thirst. That's not the purpose of it. I believe wine is in this text to show us the enjoyment and the delight of God. Psalm 104 verse 15 says that wine gladdens the hearts of men. In John 2, Jesus, he's at his wedding celebration. And the very first miracle that he performs, he turns water into wine. Why? Because it's a drink of celebration. A drink of joy and delight. Now listen to me. What I'm not saying is that we should all head over to Hy-Vee Wine and Spirits and load up our carts. I did not say that. And that's not what Isaiah is talking about. In the Bible, wine was an important commodity. And it symbolized joy and celebration. So God, being rich in mercy, abounding in love, says to His people in Isaiah, who are broken and desperate, that He, and He alone, is the source of true life. That He can help them grow and to thrive. And that in Him only will they find joy. What an invitation. Come, God says. In me, you will find lasting contentment. Verse 2, verse 3 says, 
listen. Listen to me. And then give ear and come to me. Listen. It's not enough just to hear the invitation. It does us no good if we just let it go in one ear and let it drop out the other. There's a difference between hearing and listening. We've got this thing called a three-ask rule at our house. And it works something like this. Devils say, it's time to eat. That's call number one. I hear it, but it doesn't count. I ignore it and I just kind of keep doing whatever it is that I'm doing. A few minutes later, devils say it again. It's time to eat now. Now that's call number two. Again, I hear it. I, I don't ignore it necessarily, but then I don't really listen to it either. Uh, what, what call number two means is that call number three will be following it very soon. And, and call number three, Deb says, Doug, it's time to eat right now. That means it's time to, to give ear and come to Deb now. So God says, he says, pay attention. He says, listen up. Don't ignore this invitation extended to you by our gracious God. Come to the waters. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. And how do we respond? Verses 6, 7, and 8. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man His thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that He may have compassion on Him and to our God that He will be will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now remember, this invitation is free. Come by without money. And without price. But it's still conditional. Something must happen in our lives. An element of surrender. We must forsake our ways and return to the Lord. We must stand before God and say, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of going my own way. I'm tired of walking down my own paths. I surrender to you. That's the reason why we're thirsty. It's because we're broken. We are sinful. We choose to go our own way, to ignore God's plan for our lives. We don't take our sin seriously enough. We're okay with sin management, just treating the symptoms of sin. But when it comes to our hearts, we're often blind. We may say, yeah, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that. While our hearts are walking down a very dark road. We need to get more serious about sin. Not just confess it, but repent of it. We must forsake that sin, return to the Lord. It's what God was inviting the people in Isaiah too, and he's inviting us to it as well. And right in front of us stands forgiveness through the cross of Christ. But we just can't understand how God can love us so much that he would pardon us. We can't understand it. His ways are so much higher than our ways, so much greater 
than ours could ever be. If we want to accept this invitation, we have to listen to what God is saying. Seek the Lord. Call on His name. How? By forsaking our ways. By returning to Him. Why? Because God's ways are better and always lead to life and to joy. This invitation is not just a a one-time deal. It's not just for Sundays only. It's for every day. For the rest of our lives. Until we're finally in that place we were created to be. With the person that we were created to be with. And that day is coming. So come from a place of thirst to drink. Come from a place of death to life. Come from a place of sadness to joy. Come from a place of dissatisfaction to one of contentment. I want to close this morning by, by leading us in a time of prayer. A prayer of, of confession and repentance. Maybe this morning we need to get serious about confessing and repenting of our sins. Maybe we need to get serious about forsaking our ways and returning to the Lord. Maybe some of you here this morning have never called upon the name of the Lord. Isaiah promises that those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So let's close. Let's close with a time of prayer. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against You and against our neighbors near and far in thought, word, and deed. In the evil we have done, And in the good we have not done. Through ignorance. Through weakness. Through our own deliberate fault. We confess. That we are people of impure thoughts and unclean lips. We think too highly of ourselves. And too little of others. We cling too tightly to the temporary treasures of this world. We can't even open our hands to surrender our broken lives to you. Our feet follow the paths of sin. We wander so far astray that we become strangers to your voice. We are truly sorry. We repent of our sins. We plead for your forgiveness. Deal with us not according to your justice, but with your mercy. Not because we are worthy, but because you are gracious.
for the sake of your son Jesus who died for us forgive us all that is past we call upon your name we accept your invitation to come quench our thirst fill us with your life grow our hearts for you may we experience the joy of your salvation god grant that we may find everlasting contentment in living with and for you we ask this in the name of jesus our lord and savior and all god's people say amen